Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, everybody. Hasn't this been a great series called Elijah? I've been learning so much, not only about the prophet, but I've been learning a lot about my walk with God and what it means to put my total faith and trust in Him. And I hope that's what you've been doing. These messages have been designed to challenge us to go deeper in our walk with God. And now that we're in week number four, God wants to take us even deeper. If you recall in the first week, Elijah confronted Ahab and withheld rain and dew. In week two, we saw Elijah be cared for by a widow in Sidon. And Elijah brought his, her son back to life. In week three, we experienced an incredible miracle on Mount Carmel. So what about week four? What's going to happen today? If you recall, at the end of the miracle on Mount Carmel, depending on the version of the Bible you're reading, we're told that Elijah instructs people to take the prophets of Baal and move them to the Kidron Valley where they will be executed. Now, some versions of the Bible talk to us in a way that we feel like Elijah may have gone to that valley. But if you dig deep and you look at the story that we're about to uncover, we'll realize that Elijah has stayed behind as he's instructed the children of Israel to go and begin to eradicate the false prophets from the land. When I think about today's message, there's one phrase that comes to mind. A miracle is on the move. That's the thing that I love about Elijah. Elijah is not willing to rest just because he's had one incredible victory. Instead, Elijah continues to put his faith and trust in God. And that's why this morning I want to challenge you with this question. Do you believe in miracles? And even if you've seen God work in powerful ways in your past, are you willing to be open-minded to see God move in miraculous ways right now? In fact, you may be a person that needs an incredible miracle from God. You've been praying and praying and praying, but you feel like your prayers are just bouncing off the ceiling. I want to encourage you today. Elijah will remind us that God is still on the move, and so are the miracles that God wants to give to us. In fact, it's Pastor Tim Keller that gives us an insight that I think will inspire us on our journey for this morning. We modern people think of miracles as the suspension of the natural order, but Jesus meant them to be the restoration of the natural order. The Bible tells us that God did not originally make the world to have disease, hunger, and death in it. Jesus has come to redeem where it is wrong and heal the world where it is broken. 
His miracles are not just proofs that he has power, but also wonderful foretaste of what he is going to do with that power. Jesus' miracles are not just a challenge to our minds, but a promise to our hearts that the world we all want is coming. Until Jesus comes back again and takes us to be home in his presence, if we believe, I believe this, miracles from God are still possible. This is going to sound crazy, I know. But today, I would like for you, even if you've been disappointed in the past, even if you feel like God has not heard your prayers, I want to ask you to follow Elijah, and I want you and I to take three huge steps that will prepare us to receive the miracle that God has on the move for our lives. So let's begin. There's three incredible steps. The first is found in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Let me just read it again because it's so short. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Step one, a miracle is on the move and we need to hear the miracle before you see it. We need to be able to hear the miracle before we ever see it take place. We've got to really lean in to what's happening at this juncture because the incredible miracle of God's volcanic fire has fallen on the sacrifices and the people have really been scattered. The prophets of Baal know that their lives are going to end. So what does King Ahab do? King Ahab, he's been evil, he's been prideful, but it's odd to me. He lingers. He just waits. He doesn't go get in his chariot. He doesn't run away to his wife Jezebel. He just waits. And there's this intimate moment where Ahab and Elijah are able to speak together. It's not much, but actually it's incredibly revealing. Elijah walks up to Ahab and says, go and eat and drink. That's the first thing that he says to him. Go and eat and drink. Well, does that really matter? Why is he telling Ahab that? Why doesn't he rub the disappointment of the moment in Ahab's face? Have you ever tried to get a one-up on somebody? You knew you had them. You wanted to say, I told you I was right. Come on, have you done it? Elijah the prophet is respectful to Ahab and simply says, go eat and drink. Go home. Go see your wife. As I was digging into this study, I realized that everyone had been fasting. That's the reason that Elijah said what he did to King Ahab. They had all been fasting. Then it really grabbed my mind in a way I had never seen this passage of Scripture. Even the people who were believing in the 
false prophets and those that were worshiping Baal had fasted, but there was no positive outcome. Nothing had happened. Listen, I would never think of asking followers of Christ to fast and and actually believe that even if we didn't see the outcome we wanted, I would never ever think that it wasn't worthwhile to fast and seek God's favor. But they had been fasting, Ahab and these false prophets, and it reminded me of how lackadaisical we can be with God. In fact, think about this. Have you ever heard somebody use God's name in vain? Or what about just people that use uh, the name Jesus like he's a frustrating fill-in-the-blank for them? You've all heard that. It makes me cringe when somebody says that and uses God's name in a vain way, but it makes complete sense. Many people today have taken the wonderful blessings given by God and contaminated them with falsehoods. It's all around us. Don't let that deter you. Get, get the picture in your mind. Hundreds, if not thousands of people gathered at Mount Carmel fasting and praying to a false god. One prophet was fasting and praying to the real God. And all that were worshiping a false god named Baal were disappointed. But Elijah knew that God was on the move in that miracle, and listen to this, in the miracle to come. I turned over to Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. I needed to, to, to go to the New Testament and hear the words of Paul to the Christians in Galatia. Here's what he said. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed, portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by believing what you heard. Oh, I've got to read it again. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after being by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Step one of a miracle on the move comes into view. Hear the miracle before you see it. Regardless of people who take God's name in vain, Regardless of false prophets, regardless of how many times you feel like your prayers have bounced off the ceiling, never underestimate the power of God because God's miracles are still on the move. Elijah said to Ahab, now here's the second part of what he said. He says, go eat, go drink, it's over for you. But here's the second part of what Elijah then says to Ahab, I hear the sound of heavy rain. A miracle is on the move, but it will require us 
to hear the miracle before we see it. I can remember, in fact, I have the picture somewhere. I'm a young man. All my hair is dark, dark brown. I'm a young man standing in a five-acre cornfield with building plans of a new church in Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania. For 35 years, that church had not been able to be united and they had not been able to build on the property they had owned for decades. But by the grace of God, we believed that a miracle was on the move. And there came a moment when I looked at all the leaders and I said, we've got to go stand in this farm field. Later on, after the building was built, I had one leader who came up to me and he said, Pastor, I need to confess to you, I thought you were nuts. Now, I'm not saying he was that far off. But he goes, I thought you were crazy to ask us to stand in a cornfield with the, with the visionary idea of a new building and pray that God would bless. But he said, Pastor, I'll never forget this. He said, Pastor, you believed in the miracle before you ever saw it come to life. That's what God is saying to us. God reveals his secrets to those who believe in him. Long before anyone can see the manifestation of the miracle, God will begin to reveal pieces of it into your heart and mind if you're listening. Oh, oh come on. There has got to be some people listening to me preach this message this morning. And there are things you've been praying for for so long and you thought it would never happen. I'm asking you, tune in your spiritual radio. Get on God's frequency because miracles from God are still on the move. No matter what anybody else would say, we serve a miraculous God, which leads to step two. Here it is. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 1 Kings. Let's go to 1 Kings. I got so excited. 1 Kings 18.42. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed up the top of Mount Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Here's the second step. Climb up higher and humbly pray. God has miracles on the move, but I'm, I'm really going to get up in your grill here a little bit, okay? How many of you are really climbing up higher into the presence of God to humbly pray and get really serious about what it is that you want God to do for you? Or do you just, do you just tell your friends all the time, well, I really want this, or I know God wants me to have this, or, you know, I've been praying about this. That even sounds spiritual, doesn't it? But I'm asking about step two. When was the last time you got incredibly serious with God, you climbed up higher, and you humbly prayed. Or, how about this? When was the last time you knew somebody in your family needed something? There was something in your, the church ministry that needed God's miraculous touch? When was the last time that we interceded for one another and we climbed up higher and humbly began to pray? That's what I love about Elijah. Come on. Let, can, can, we just, can we just get honest? 
if you'd have seen volcanic fire fall on Mount Carmel, and volcanic fire had consumed the sacrifice at more than 2,700 degrees, scorching the earth, sucking up the, the 12 stones that Elijah had stuck there, what would you have done? What would we have done in the church today? Here's what I think. I think we would have all patted everybody on the back. We'd have miracle pats. We'd be pat. Wasn't that cool? Wasn't that nice? Oh, you did that so well. And then you know what we do? We'd all get out our iPhones, take pictures, and post it all over social media like we're the miracle makers. Right? We did it. God did it, but we know we did it really. I got to be honest, when a miracle is on a move from God, this is perhaps the hardest thing to do. Do what Elijah did, climb up higher and humbly pray. That's what Elijah did. He climbed up from this, man, we, we, would, have, we would have turned it into a museum. He leaves it. He doesn't put a marker. Everything's scorched and consumed. Where does Elijah go with just his servant? He climbs to the top of Mount Carmel to pray. A.W. Tozer. He just shakes up my world. Look around today and see where the miracles of power are taking place. Never in the seminary where each thought is prepared for the student to be received painlessly and at second hand. Never in the religious institution where tradition and habit have long ago made faith unnecessary. And never in the old church where memorial tablets plastered over the furniture bear silent testimony to a glory that once was. Invariably, are you ready? Are you, are you hanging on, church? Listen to what Tozer says. Invariably, where daring faith is struggling to advance against hopeless odds, there is God sending help from the sanctuary. Here's what I think. Are you ready? I think the miracle of fire on Mount Carmel was a wow moment. But the miracle everybody needed was rain. It wasn't enough just to, I'm all for celebrating. You know me, I'm all for it. But when we're in drastic need and we need an epic moment of miraculous intercession from God, we've got to find the time, make the time. Do the time and get higher with God. Climb up higher into his presence. And then don't miss what took place. Elijah got on his knees. He bent all the Listen, I'm going to come out in front here. Look, he gets, he gets all the way on his knees. He bends over till his head touches the ground. And then six times he prays. Man, you know what? If I was praying like that, I'd be the one running over to the edge, looking to see raindrops. He sends his servant. Here's why. He's not about to be distracted. He's the conduit, remember? He's the rain prophet. What did he tell Ahab? 
It's not going to rain. There's not going to be any dew until I say so. What does it say in James chapter 5? The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Hey, I'm challenging us. I'm not just challenging you. I'm challenging us. You got big plans? Are there miracles that you need in your life? First of all, remember this. God never gives us a miracle just for us. The miracle that God gives to us has to advance the kingdom of God. That's part of the reason people don't receive miracles. They're praying for miracles just for them. And they're not praying for miracles that are going to advance the kingdom of God and touch not just one or two lives, but thousands of lives. Are you praying for something that if God gives you the miracle, it's going to light you up? It's going to change the people around you. Are you going to tell the story about how God impacted you so that you could be a miracle in other people's lives? But not just that. I wonder, do you have things going on in your life right now that you need a miracle and you've been distracted? You've been distracted. You get on social media. You and I get on social media more than we get into the presence of God. Is that true? You check in your Instagram and your Facebook and are you checking your emails and are you on the phone and taking pictures and talking to people more than you're in the presence of God. That's what I love about Elijah. I, I don't love Elijah in this moment, I gotta be honest, but this is what I love about Elijah because it's so challenging to me. I've got things in my life, in this ministry, here at Bridgewater Church, we have got to get into the presence of God six times, six times. Now, it's really seven, but I want you to hear this. Six times he sends his prophet. Six times he sends the prophet. But there isn't anything that happens. Six times he sends the prophet and he says, this is what I want you to do. But Elijah just stays on his knees praying. And every time his servant comes back, every time, there's no good news. Would that wear you out? Would it wear you out to not have the good news? But I want you to hear this. On the seventh time, on the seventh time, he comes back and he says, I see I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Have you ever thought about why seven? It, do any of you remember this? God created the world in six days and on the seventh day he rested. Have you thought about Jericho? They marched around Jericho six times, and on the seventh day they marched around again seven times and walls began to fall. You see, I was even looking at this. I had never seen this. Have you ever dissected the Lord's Prayer, as we call it, the prayer of Jesus? It has seven petitions that Jesus teaches. Seven is a complete and full number to God. And seven times. In fact, I want you to go beyond the number seven to the idea of infinity. Infinity. Don't miss this. 
God is on the move. Miracles are going to happen. But we have to be willing to get in the presence of God and seek His face and not be distracted. And that's why, that's why this second step is so important. Climb up higher and humbly pray and let God work in incredible ways. And when we do that, when we make room for God to work in us and through us for a miracle, step three comes into play. 1 Kings 18, verse 43. Go and look toward the sea, he told the servant, and he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black and clouds, the wind rose, a heavy rain started falling and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Here's the third step. When God's miracle is on the move, faithfully keep looking for the miracle. Faithfully keep looking for the miracle. Don't let anything stand in your way from putting your trust completely in God. As Elijah's servant looked out on the vast Mediterranean Sea, six times he went looking and he was faithful. He was faithful to keep looking. That's what I'm asking you to do. And if you're struggling, if you're out of energy, if you can't do it for yourself anymore, get somebody in your court to keep looking when you are discouraged and you are exhausted and you're tired. Don't give up. Get some people in your life who will faithfully help you to keep looking for the miracle from God. Because I guarantee this, God never does a miracle with just one person alone. It's a team effort. And God begins to work in us and through us in ways we can't imagine or believe here's here's something i really need you to understand when you feel the most helpless that's when i believe that god's miracle can really begin to move do any of you recall the verse that says, when I am weak, then I am strong? That's exactly what I love about the story of Dr. A.B. Simpson. Years and years and years ago, Dr. Simpson was a 38-year-old pastor who was told by a well-known New York physician, you won't live past 40. He had a heart problem. He had had two nervous breakdowns, and A.B. Simpson just prepared for the worst. People were praying. People were believing for him, but he believed the worst. But then one day, he decided to take a walk. And 
As he was walking, he realized how difficult it was. Climbing even a slight elevation brought suffocating agony and breathlessness. But he found himself walking into a a little pine grove out into the country. It was painful, it was slow, but he sat down on a log. And he prayed, God, my total inadequacy, your perfect adequacy, bring health to my entire body. There in the woods, he said, I made a connection with God I had not been able to make. Every fiber in me was tingling with the sense of God's presence. Now get this, church. A few days after that prayer, Simpson climbed a mountain 3,000 feet high. He said, when I reached the top, I was so joyful. The world of weakness and fear was lying at my feet. And from that time on, I knew I literally had a heart that had been restored. What happened to A.B. Simpson? Well, if anybody's ever heard of the wonderful church, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, he founded that. He wrote volumes and volumes of sermons and literary work. And a man who wasn't supposed to live beyond 40 lived to be 76 years old. And he never was out of strength or faith. Are you faithfully looking for the miracle that God has for you? Are you you hearing the miracle before you see it? Are you climbing up higher and humbly praying for that miracle? And then, as you're praying, are you faithfully looking no matter how long it takes? Because I guarantee something, it's going to rain. That's what happened. They prayed, the cloud cloud came up from the sea, and Elijah said to his servant, this is so unique, he says to him, go tell Ahab to get moving, because a downpour is coming. But then we read this. It wasn't the servant alone who went to Ahab. It was Elijah. And you have to understand the culture. In that day, it would have been out of respect to invite Elijah up into his chariot. After all, look at the miracles that are taking place. But Ahab is evil. He doesn't want that prophet anywhere near him. So here's what God does. God empowers Elijah by the Holy Spirit to take his cloak, tuck it, he he took his, wait a minute, he took his cloak, he tucked it into his belt, and he began running. It was 20 miles from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. He, He tucks his cloak in, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, miraculously, he gets out in front of Ahab's chariot and begins to run. Listen, church. Listen, friends. God is moving. And when the rain begins to come, the rain and the shower of God's blessings begin to come, take your cloak, tuck it in your belt, hitch up your skirt, 
and take off and begin to praise God because we must faithfully keep looking for the miracle. No matter what the rest of the world says, God wants to use you and me to transform the lives of others by His power. And I want to do that. I've got something I want you to see. We're going to do this right now to close out. Look at this last insight on the screen. Let's pray that God will do a miracle in us so He can work through us to change the world for Him. Let me, let me just say it one more time. Let's pray that God will do a miracle in us so He can work through us to change the world for him. So here's what I need you to do. Remember, it was, a, it was a cloud the size of a man's hand. All right, here's what I need you to do. Get your hands out. Come on, stand to your feet at home. Get your hands out. If you're in your car listening to this, just put your hand out. Leave one hand on the wheel, but put your hand out. And listen, here's what we're gonna do. I want you to picture, do this right now. Do this right now. I'm asking the staff right now that are recording this, I'm asking them right now. I want them to think, I want you to think, I want us all to think, what's a miracle that you want? Picture it in your hand. Picture the miracle that you really want in your hand. Otherwise, this has been a waste of my time and it's been a waste of yours if we just say, nice message, Pastor. Don't be patting me on the back and I don't want you to pat each other on the back. God's done incredible things. Let's give him all the glory and honor, but get your hand out. What is the miracle that you want from God more than anything that you've given up hope on? That if God gave it to you, he's going to work in you and through you and lives are going to change for his kingdom. In fact, if you've never given your heart and life to Jesus Christ, that's the first miracle. You need to put yourself in your hands and give yourself to God. And as I pray, I want you to faithfully believe that the miracle that that you know God has placed in your heart, I want you to believe that it's on the move. God, this is so great. I'm thinking of a miracle right now I've been praying for for a long time. In fact, I've got a couple, God, and I've got my hands out, and I see those miracles in my hand. And God, I know that if you grant us these miracles... It's going to expand the kingdom of God. God, don't give us any miracle that's just for us. But God, take these miracles that we are giving to you right now. And God, give us these miracles in dramatic, incredible, amazing ways. So that when you bless and you answer, lives will change. You'll start with us and you'll work in us and through us to change the world. God, we believe this. And it is by faith that we pray and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay? I can't wait. Listen, do this. Let our online pastor know what miracles you're praying for if you feel like you can share them. We'll pray with you. Remember, you can't do this by yourself. Will you start just listing the miracles you're praying for? And we'll pray with you that God will do great things. Will you please share this message? Because there are people in your life, in every walk of life, who needs miracles on the move to come and, and be manifested in our lives. I believe, do you? I still believe in miracles, do you? I know this, I believe in you. So 
Until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. And let's begin and get ready for the miracles of God. I love you. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you.